louder. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Hypodermic, the pod that sticks you deep. I'm the pod boss, TJ Bowser, and joining me is the maestro of mayhem, the dawn of disaster, Mr. Nick Benson. How you doing tonight, TJ? Pretty damn good. Today, we have a very special episode, but I'll pass things off to Nick. Introduce yeah, our special I, I, guest. I got to agree with you, man. This this is this is a real treat, and uh, I didn't think we would get him this soon, but our, our guest this evening is... Well, let let me let me instead of introducing just who he is, let me tell you he's played Ryuk in Death Note. He played George in Rampage. He was King Ghidorah in Godzilla: King of the Monsters, and you might know him more recently as the Chatterer from Hellraiser. Mr. Jason Lyles, everyone. Hi. Hello. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Yeah, we're really happy to have you here. Very excited to say the least. Oh, you guys are so kind. I'm very excited to to, to be here, really. And I, it's it's always weird when someone lists off, like, he played that guy and that guy. I'm like, did I? <laughs> well, I have a funny side note for you, Jason. So okay. my youngest daughter was really, really into anime. And one of her okay. favorites was Death Note. And Ryu oh. was her favorite character. Oh, well, therefore, you have played my daughter's favorite character. Hey, there you go. It's funny, Ryuk is my favorite character there as well. So we have something in common. How old is she? She's now 21. 21. Okay, very cool. Smart young lady. Very smart. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for having me, man. I'm, I'm, what do you guys want to talk about? I'm, I'm, I'm here to talk about whatever. Well, actually, um, I'd like to start with, uh, let's, let's go back and talk about what led you here. What? When you started your path in life, what did yeah. you know early on that you wanted to do this? Or was this just based on a chance that you were this really tall guy and someone saw you and said, hey, man, we could use you for this? Or how did that work? You know, it. it I always wanted to do it. I always wanted to... From the from from as far back as I can remember, just going over VHS tape after VHS tape. If people don't know what VHS tapes are, they can Google it and figure it out. And and going to the movie theaters, and we'd finish a movie, and you know the movie theaters two wings, and you just have to have the ticket to get into the right side or the left side. So we're already at, oh the Star Wars VHS is absolutely. Um, <laughs> once you're on one side of the movie theater, well this movie's over, and we can just go in and finish that movie or that movie. We would do that all the time, and um, I just but I never believed I could. I'm from Germantown, Tennessee in the Memphis area and um, I kind of call it like it's like the Burbank of of Memphis you know if, if downtown Memphis yeah. is downtown LA Burbank is like Germantown and so we, I grew up there, but who says I'm going to, I'm going to move to Memphis and be an actor. I didn't know anybody who'd ever been in anything before. So I never went into, my brother and I made short films, but I never did any theater in high school or, um, and then in fact, whenever I did finally decide, which I can get into that, how that happened, what kind of caused that, I, I actually heard I was too tall, too tall, too tall, too tall. And, um, you know, a couple key images stick out where people didn't believe in me and laughed, literally laughed in my face. And it just fueled me be like, I'm going to show you. Good. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I'm gonna show, thank you for the motivation. I'm going to show when you. People tell you you can't, and those people that you tell that say that they can't do it, they go out and they do it. <laughs> I love that. That's the story. I Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you know as well as I do that the industry is full of those people. It is. Completely full of those people. It is. It's It's actually, in my experience, extremely rare that someone tells you to your face yeah. that you can't do it. Yeah. People might, you know, now with the internet, you can say whatever you want and hide behind a fake name, but it's it's people are a lot more supportive than, than negative. They're like, wow, it's so cool. Good for you. Good luck. Or Yeah. So but before I moved to New York, when what had led up to that was I went to college and I didn't know, I was undeclared. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I wanted to be an actor, but I didn't believe I could. And what happened was there was a summer when The Dark Knight came out and I saw The Dark Knight six times in the first two weeks. I was so inspired by Heath Ledger. I was working at Blockbuster at the time. I rented every single movie he'd ever been in. And I was just so, man, if I could make one person feel the way that these films and his performances are making me feel, I became obsessed. Oh, I've got to try. And I had this pipe dream about New York. And I, I went to this one college because a girl was going there I liked. And that didn't end up going anywhere, but it led me to that college. And and I was undeclared. And I I went in, I had an acting class and the director of theater, I asked him about just, you know, several things. He's like, are you a theater major? I said, no, no, said, why not? I said, I in my head, I don't believe I could actually do it. So what's the point? He's like, well, why don't you add that class and make your major theater and go audition for the play tonight? And I did. And that year changed everything and his belief in me. And I visited New York as a New York short course that over the winter. And I saw several plays and I was just like, I've got to do this. I can do this. I know I can do this. And my dad was like, you're not moving to New York. No way. He's picturing like the night he'd never been. He's just picturing like the 1980s New York where you're going to get murdered in Times Square or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then we visited and he falls in love with the city and several conservatories are offering financial aid because they want me to come there. And and one was very, he said, why do you, why do you care if my son comes here? And he said, your son is six foot nine inches tall. I don't have anybody like one day they're going to need somebody with his height. And there's only going to be five people they can look at. He's, he's going to get it. And we want to put his face in our billboard and say, when here so we can make more money. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and my dad was like, you need to be here. So he helped me move there the fall of 2009. And I went to New York Film Academy for a year, studied acting for film there and found out just how much I did not know about acting. And just, oh my gosh, I didn't know there were all these tools in the whole tool belt and wow. And, and, um, and, but I just heard this recurring theme of you're too tall, you're too tall. You're too tall. You're too tall. But I went to Broadway stage doors and I ran into actors like Jeffrey Rush and James Gandolfini and Susan Sarandon and Jude Law and Hugh Jackman. And, and, and they all said, who said you're too tall? Yeah. No, there's not enough tall people. That's why you don't see anybody. And I was like, you guys don't think I'm too, everybody else, but you guys have the results. And that was a big place where I, I didn't really know it, but I know now, be careful who you take advice from. If they don't have the results you want, they probably don't know what they're talking about lovingly. Exactly. But if they do... And they have belief in me. Well, they're probably right. <laughs> right. And so I, I just, I really learned who to talk to. And yeah, that move to New York was, um, was huge. And then, and then I, I, I got to do some background stuff here and there. And what really showed me I'm not too tall was Men in Black 3. Rick Baker, six-time Oscar-winning makeup artist, won his seventh while filming. Um, I got to play several aliens one day on his birthday, turned into a week, turned into several weeks, several characters throughout the whole production. And um, that changed everything. I just saw, man, I can work with the top people in the world because they need somebody my height who's also an actor who can also push through wearing all of this crap all day long and being blind and claustrophobic and all and and still act through it i think i can freaking do this and that that really took took my belief to a whole new level at that point yeah that's amazing man that's really amazing to hear um so so i have a i have a question speaking of of rick baker and i mean he is the king of the apes <laughs> yes yeah i i 
I love that you were in Men in Black, and uh, those characters were very cool. Uh, but I have a specific question about Rampage. Okay, what was it like? Uh, what was it like playing George, doing the motion capture? How did you prepare for that? So for that, I, I got Death Note, and the visual effects supervisor was this guy named Colin Strauss, who became one of my groomsmen in my wedding. Um, awesome guy. And uh, need to catch up with them, actually. COVID kind of, we haven't spent as much time together. We used to get together all the time. But um, but on that, with Ryuk being 95% practical, the only thing not practical is the face. They cut out the face, and that's going to be performance capture for Will and Defoe. Well, every shot that Ryuk is there, he's there as the visual effects supervisor. And he kept talking about Rampage as the next movie he's doing with The Rock. He had just done Baywatch, and he had also done um, San Andreas. Um, and uh, and and so, and he uh, and he, was, he just kept talking about it. I was like, oh, that's so cool. But never any mention of but then we get back to LA and we're at his house for barbecue every couple of weeks for a couple months and then you know third or fourth time a couple months after we've been back he's flipping burgers and steaks at the grill and he just asked me hey what do you know about gorillas <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And I was like, I was like, I have no, I, I don't know why. He's like, they're like, what about like silverback gorillas? I was like, no, I, I don't even know what silverback is. And, and he said, well, they're looking for someone taller than Dwayne just for this first scene in Rampage to, to, to play, you know, this gorilla he raises from birth and teaches kind of like Coco and Penny Patterson. And, um, you know, but you know, I'm going to tell them that you're my, you're my top guy. They're probably going to get Andy Serkis for the rest of the film. But for this first one, they need someone taller than him. So he can have to look up whenever you go on your back legs and bipedal um so you know they're probably gonna want to meet with you in a week or two i was like awesome that'd be amazing to work with again in the rock oh my gosh and uh share a role with andy circus that'd be crazy and, and um every couple weeks we kept in touch he said oh man this happened and there was this fire they had to put out probably the next week or two or the next week or two the next week or two five months later i'm thinking the whole time let me watch every andy circus interview let me watch every behind the scenes let me find out who terry notary is or reach out to him but he's busy so he, he just says good luck um let me go to the zoo let me just let me let me do everything i can and then i get my agent gets a call and, and I'm like, oh, cool. So how long would they need me? He said, no, they want you for the whole thing, maybe. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought it was doing like the first week or two. What do you mean? He said, no, like they're talking about 10 weeks and with training before. Um, and they were going to just fly me out to meet with Brad Payton in Atlanta. But then they said, well, actually, they're going to have Terry Notary, who trained everybody in Planet of the Apes, and he is King Kong and Kong Skull Island at that point about to come out. This was early, mm. this is uh, February of 2017. And, and that came out in March of 2017. And um, he met with Brad and they said, so what you're going to do is actually, he He's going to come to LA. You're going to meet with him and do like a faux training session for an hour, hour and a half. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I'd known who he was. And, um, and so I met with him and he's just the coolest guy. He's just the sweetest. He's such, he can see into your soul. You cannot lie to him when you're performing. He just, there was one time I stood up and he's like, no, nope, that wasn't it. Sit back down. He gets you breathing first. And then I stood up again and he's like that there, you feel that? And I was like, yeah, how do you know what I felt? That looked the exact same. And he's like, no, 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 I can see it. And I was like, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just said at the end, like, cool, man, I'm going to give him two thumbs up when we train. Actually, there's a spot in the in the mountains off Topanga Canyon Boulevard that I like to go to. I don't want to be in a studio. And I was like, do I have this role? Is that it? And that was it. As far as I know, they didn't look at anybody else. They just took Colin's word. And I met with with, uh, with Terry. And Terry was like, I can train you. And then we trained for three weeks in the Santa Monica Mountains, went out to, uh, to Atlanta and rehearsed some with Brad so he could see what we were working on. And I mean, the first week we were training, that Friday, Kong Skull Island came out. And I'm like, dude, King Kong is teaching me how to be a gorilla one-on-one. -on -one 
one in the mountains right now. This is ridiculous. And so I probably put like 2% of it together by myself for five months. And then he brought in 198% with his one-on-one training. He is, I mean, the same time he was training me, he was training Josh Brolin as Thanos. He's he's ridiculous. That's um, yeah. So that was the prep. That was the prep. And then we went out there and um, a longer story, but I, I thought I had hurt my arm. I thought I had like broken something in it and we didn't tell production. Uh, we just kind of pushed through and then found out that it wasn't. We're like, oh my God, thank goodness. Um, I thought I was going to lose the role. I had like a panic attack one night. Um, and then, and then just, it became so normal. Tony Hawk trained me how to do a trick on, on a skateboard. So to me, all this stuff was a big deal. And then we did the camera test. And it was the first time I had done any of this in front of anybody. And we did a couple things and we were done with the camera test and everybody gave a round of applause. And I was like, I guess everybody's like, yay, you got your camera test forever, you know? And then actor after actor came through and they weren't applauding everybody. And everybody kept coming over me like, how'd you do that? And I was like, it's not that big a deal. You should see Terry. I mean, I was just, we, we did this every day for three weeks. Yeah. And, um, but that was the first click of like, man, maybe this can actually be really good. Um, and then we got on set with Dwayne every day and I could talk all day about him. And in, in a sentence, I freaking love him. He's a baby. <laughs> he's, he's cooler than you hope he is. Yeah. Every day. And it was an incredible experience. Incredible dream come true experience I never thought would happen. That's that's so awesome. Did you play the original Rampage game at all in prep? Uh, in prep, no. When I was a kid, yes. Like on, on 64, I played Rampage World Tour. I remember playing it with a friend. Okay. I don't remember who I played as. It's a good story to say I'm sure I played as George, but I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Fair enough. So I, I have to ask this because it's a personal favorite of mine. It it It's the reason that I, well, one of the reasons I became uh, a monster maker in the first place. You played King Ghidorah. Yeah. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which is which is absolutely my top of my list. Well, yeah, it was, it's weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's you, you. Yeah. Having you on here is a real treat for me, because like I said, you know, you, you played such iconic characters that mean stuff to my family. I think myself personally. And, uh, you know, I'd like to know more about uh, give me a story about King Ghidorah. Sure. Um, so. That was in, we filmed that in 2018, but rewind to the fall of 2014. And then an audition came through that I saw because they were looking for someone so unique for, to play the monster Krampus in this new movie, Krampus, that's coming out. Yeah. And it just described him. And I was like, dude, I'm freaking do that. That's, that's what I, that's what I'm, I'm aiming to do. And, um, and I called my agent he saw it on his end. He almost missed it. Cause it was, it, it was just so, but he's like, oh yeah, yeah. I'll get in and got me a Skype with director Michael Doherty. And I'd never had any kind of a meeting with the director. I was so nervous. I had like a laptop on like 16 books on a table to make it look nice. And like, and this is before we did all this stuff all that time, a lot. And, um, and he shows me around all this art and concept art. And we talk for 30 minutes and, and then I get a text and it's from some unknown number telling me to watch this movie and watch that. And it's him. And somehow he got my number from casting or something like, oh my God, it's not casting in there. No and, and, and then he had sent me some stuff, you know, to film and I just went all out with it. We filmed it, you know, as best as we could. Um, and I'm still to this day proud of it. It's actually really, it's actually, it came out really great. I really threw myself into this and he loved it. Um, he said, he'd let me know. I wasn't cast, but he said, I'll let you know whenever the location, location gets locked down and it got locked down to, uh, I went to White Workshop and I'm a huge Lord of the Rings there. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm going to get to be Krampus with the White Workshop and go to New Zealand to be in this boat. What? This is it. Yeah. And then they, then they, then they said, man, I'm so sorry. They're only going to be casting it locally out of New Zealand because of just, you know, all the fittings and, and actually a, a, a now friend of mine, Luke Hawker ended up, ended up playing him who actually also makes the, those suits and stuff. So, but Mike and I kept in touch and 
when the Rampage trailer came out, I was like, refresh, 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 refresh. Where is it? I know it's coming up any minute. Refresh, refresh, refresh. And like, I refresh it. And before I even watch it and finish it, I get a text from Mike saying that he saw it. And that it, it like, like a link that it came. I was like, how did you see it before I did? And he said, dude, looks cool. Good work. I was like, oh, that's cool. And this was like November of 2017 or something. And then fast forward to like January, 2018, I get a text from him at like midnight. He always texts me like midnight. And, and he says, Hey man, are you in town next month? Um, you know, we're doing some Godzilla motion capture stuff. Are you, are you free? I'm like, yeah. What does that mean? He didn't get back to me for several days. And, I, and like every day I'm like, did you get my text? What did you mean? Like, dude, you're leaving me hanging here. And he got on the phone with me for five minutes and explained to me, I'm going to get three actors to play King Ghidorah. Um, I want, you know, as the three different heads are going to be like, and I, I want you to be the center head. You're like the alpha, the big brother of the three, the right one's like kind of just bat crap crazy. And the left one's a little bit more slower and just, um, interested in everything and not so aggressive and uh but i want you to be like the leader of the three i don't know if i'm going to tie you guys together or what but um do you want it? i was like yeah <laughs> he's like he's like cool well hey man we're finally going to get to work to, uh, to, with each other so um hey text me like you know your agent's info and stuff i'll give it to production and dude i'll see you next month um and I was like, and I, was, and I remember like I stepped into my bedroom to have that call. And I stepped out and told, and like my roommate at the time and, and my girlfriend at the time, now my wife. And I was like, I'm going to be in a Godzilla movie. <laughs> like, yeah. like that. And uh, I'm going to go buy some whiskey. I'll be right back. Like, let's, yeah. <laughs> like I'll be right back. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I met, uh, I, I met my, my, my two Ghidorah brothers, met Richard Dorton and Alan Maxson. And then TJ Storm, who's, who plays Godzilla, and and we just threw ourselves around on the carpet for for the, and actually before that, before we actually filmed for three days and just rawr, and just became kids on, on the carpet. Um, we I got to go in and have a meeting with Mike Doherty, uh, Oscar winner Guillaume Sharon, visual effects supervisor from Life of Pi, and so many other things. Um, and uh, and they they showed me on a laptop all this pre visualization of the scenes. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, we're gonna film this, and it's gonna look this like is amazing, isn't it? Really good. <laughs> yeah, for people who don't know what previs is, it's like PlayStation One or PlayStation Two graphics of like what the movie would look like. And I was just like, man, I'm, I'm meeting in this up in, in Legendary's offices and this big massive conference room, and there's just us in here. And they're showing me a laptop of stuff, and uh, I was like, this is so freaking crazy. And Rampage is a couple months from coming out. I'm like, dude, this year is gonna be nuts. <laughs> um, texting with Dwayne, like, dude, I can't wait to see it at the premiere. You too man it's like it's just it was just like this is insane and then we filmed it actually before we filmed it myself and alan and richard we all sat how we would be we got to go to a screening room at legendary and watch the movie as it was with the pre-visualization with all because they filmed everything the year before and so we're sitting there high-fiving about stuff and then richard's head get, gets ripped off oh no you die oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. Yes. You know, like we were all freaking out together. It was so cool. And a couple of legendary people sitting by us probably making sure we're not recording anything. <laughs> and then, and then we, then we shot it for a few days and, and it was, it It was just three, you know, seven and a half hour days. No, like right under overtime, like every single day. And, um, and, and then, and then the trailers came out and we were just like, <laughs> It's the most beautiful looking thing ever. Oh my God. How can this not be good? This looks amazing. And um, and where I was, I was at Comic-Con when the trailer came out and like, I, I didn't have it. I was out of town. So I did, all I had was my phone. So I, pull, I pulled over, put it in earbuds and watched it a couple times on my phone. I told Mike later that night at a party, like, dude, and I said, and I, he's like, you watched it on your freaking phone? And I'm like, well, that or not watch it. So like, yeah. yes, I watched it. Okay. I wasn't going to not watch it. Um, but it looks amazing. He's like, okay. Uh, but Mike's awesome. And I, I so look forward to whatever we get to do together in the future. He's such a fun guy to work with. But And then we got to do conventions 
all over the country in 2019. Got to go to the premiere and meet everybody for the first time and uh, the whole cast, and um, which was really cool. And then watch it at the Chinese theater. So it was, cra- it was pretty crazy, man. That was just a crazy experience just because in 2014, I had auditioned for the singing, thrown myself into it and it didn't work. But seeds had been planted and Mike liked me. And trusted my work to where he just got on the phone and offered it to me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it is, it is all about who knows you and likes you and trusts you. Absolutely. And, and that also gave, gave me time to book other work to show him you can trust me, like Death Note, like Rampage, for him to say, well, he did that, then he can totally do this. Yeah. So it's sometimes a door closes, but there's a seed there yeah. and it might not sprout for five or 10 more years. So yeah. you just never know. As a, like a follow-up uh, to kind of both George and Ghidorah, uh, George is based on something that actually exists and you can find reference pretty easily. Uh, when it yes. comes to Ghidorah, there's, uh, it's not an actual thing that exists sure. uh, that we know of. Uh, yeah. Is it more challenging to do mocap for Ghidorah or George? George, because okay. because you can you can compare George to something. Okay. Yeah, that's and cool. you can compare it to Andy Serkis. Uh, okay, yes. And you can compare it to Toby Kebbell and you compare it to Co- Karen Connival and, and, and Terry Notary and oh my God. And so like, I definitely didn't want to be like, why did they get him? Why didn't he just get one of them? So I I'm I, I poured myself, I mean, I poured myself into Godzilla as well and did everything I could. But yeah, I mean, Godzilla, I just, for Ghidorah, I could look at like Komodo dragons and, you know, they're kind of like a snake from the from the, from the the waist up their neck. And so kind of looking at that, but it's all really about, for me, from in here. It's, yeah, it's imagination. How do I look out from my eyes and feel like this character and a villain never, you know, I, and I looked at it as like a villain never judges himself as the villain. They think they're the hero. They think that they're, you know, you, 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 you look at any interviews with anybody in prison, they all have justifications for exactly why they had to do what they did. You know, or Al Capone felt like he was, he was a public servant. He felt like he was doing, he was trying to give everybody a great life and man, they're going to, um, so you have to look at it as, as, okay, then why is he the way he is? Yeah, we'll move like that, but what's going to come out of my eyes and inform everything in the moment when I'm not thinking about it. And for me, it's like, well, if he, if he's from another planet and he has three heads and he looks the way he does probably from birth everything tried to kill him or run away from him and so he's very alone the three of them are the only thing that they that he has and because of how he is and then the center he probably got banged around he probably got banged around i'm probably more in control and more here so maybe how i became kind of the big brother and you know kind of not you know informing a deep relationship and being in control of the of, of the two of them and um and every time i mean i mean when he wakes up from thousands of years in the ice what's the first thing that's happening he's attacked so he's just constantly to him he's just defending himself and and so he gets attacked everywhere he goes. And and so, yeah, he destroys everything. Um, and so I, I never saw it as like, as that he was the, the, I mean, he, he wakes up, he just, he's always attacked. So he's just, he's just defending himself. And he's probably freaking lonely. And so like, I just, I really saw, I really felt bad for Ghidorah in that way. Cause um, I mean, he's doing the best he can, but, but I think and, your and, performance definitely shined through. Cause you, like you said, you actually you. felt for that character whenever you saw it on screen, it, you left thank your impression on that character. Thank you. That way, and, and the the whole team make turning our performance into the visual effects that it is. Holy crap! I mean, otherwise it's, it's you can see the behind the scenes. It's just us hissing and snarling and rolling around on carpet, <laughs> arms around each other, and and all. Looks kind of dumb, but um, <laughs> well, we just trusted. We really, the three of us really trusted each other and instantly connected. Me and me and Richard and Alan, and then and, and TJ's so great and just such just a big kid filled with imagination and play. It was it was it was it was it was four guys who just this is this is what we love to do and this is we're all great we're grateful to be here and we're such a great team the four of us. So it was that combined with the trust you've got Yover Sharon with his Oscar from Life of Pi and all the work he's done and they're gonna you got Mike Doherty leading us like we had no fear of anything. We're like dude we're just gonna play and they're gonna make it look amazing. So it really. 
really, and we were so grateful to be a part of it. So there, it, it was, it was, it was a, it was a great, it was a quick experience. It was three days, right? There's over, but, uh, but the result of it lasts. And so that's, it's always cool to meet other people who have such uh, appreciation for it. Um, I mean, we met people who flew over for, to a, they said they flew over from Japan to a convention to meet us. And I'm like, now nah, you're just, you're here and you're just saying that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? what and we've got to meet so many people because of that so it's, it's really that's what's really cool the relationships and experiences that you have that come from that uh absolutely and he is a lot like george he he george knows every room that he, in ryuk as well the, every room that they walk into in Ghidorah, they're the highest status in any room who's going to mess with them right and so it there there's a lot of similarities in there and then other people judge them whether they're good or bad you know but the characters are actually very similar in my mind yeah what's cool about your explanation of that is to me like i, I get fans that ask questions about oh well what was the more challenging film that you or the most challenging film you've worked on or the most challenging piece but the, but the point i try to get across is i don't necessarily have a favorite because they're all such different challenges and much like you you know you have to really think through what you're doing and think through the pieces and think through the character and what it's going to do and and it's really the same in, in making these things that yes think about those and i and i yeah. really do appreciate that uh, an actor like you really takes all of that into deep consideration and um, and really pushes that through the character. I just think that's so amazing. I, I honestly, I just, I, I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunities that um, I'm not the best. There's, there's, there's at least a hundred people out there who could have done a better job than I did, but I wanted to do everything I could to bring my best. I was the right place, right time and got chosen for it. I don't know that I would you know? say that. I don't know that I would say that there's people that do it better. There'd be people that do it well, differently. They would do it different. They would do it different. And they might bring their own totally. flavor to the table, so to speak. But, um, I think that, I think that you bring a lot, my friend. I like to make, I like to get as high a score in anything I do as possible. The video games <laughs> were like, sure. I want to prepare. I want to come in. I want to get first place as in my my own lane you know i'm not competing against other people we're a team but i just i see it as such a great responsibility that like dude when you shoot those scenes and they say great got it moving on that's it so like i don't want to figure out what i should have done afterwards right and and sometimes you have that feeling you're like oh if we could do that scene from yesterday it's it's great but dang it i i Something I just clicked. I craft any artist, any artist in this craft, like whether it's whether it's a, a even a director. Um, yep. I would say, you know, that's always a question in your mind. How could you have done something better? And as yep. an artist myself, even if I go and sculpt something right, or I'm doing some something, I look at things and I say, I could have done this differently or that. Sure, but it doesn't necessarily translate to the audience that way they see it how you've done it and they look. yes um yeah I look back to some of the films i've done and i'm gone i'm like ah, i could have done so many things so different oh yeah <laughs> oh, I, oh yeah i see that with me too we're yeah. we're our own worst enemies when it comes to those things yeah. so um I, I i have to say as a fan of your work that you yeah you you bring a flavor to it like nobody else well, thank yeah, you they could do it differently but they they certainly are not necessarily better than yeah it's different it's it's different and and i all i can do is bring my best and my best is different every day right depending on what what's happening in circumstances and whatnot if i have a limp that day or whatever but um bringing my best and and then i think as we grow we're always growing getting better i think that's one thing that really drives me to want to find the next i get hungry for the next project because i know ooh, i have ideas of how i can do everything a little better I, I can improve on the recipe a little bit more. I'm excited for the challenge of the net. What's the next character? So that that's what gets me excited about 
the next project because I I can get a new high score. I can I can beat it. I can do even better, you know. So I <laughs> and it's a new challenge in and all of itself because it's it's always even if it's the same character in a new, it'd be a different story. It'd be a different, it'd be different challenges. And so I, I love those challenges and those problem solving. How do we figure out? one take at a time to where it's all going to come together. I love it. I love the whole process. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing to, to, to work on a film in general, just because you're doing so many kind of modules and yes. if you see them all put together, it's, yes. it's a pretty great feeling. It, it, def, it, it definitely, uh, and it, and it is certainly a, a team effort. I mean, without all of those people that really know what their craft and what they're doing, you know, it doesn't really translate well unless you have that. that yeah. Chemistry. So, yeah. And you got to trust the director that just, I'm going to row my oar and I just, I'm trusting we're going in the right, I can't see, but I'm trusting we're going in the right direction because I trust you because you're on the ship with us. So if we go down, you're going down with us. <laughs> right. But if we get there, you get there because you helped us all get there. So like there, there's that, there has to be that trust and connection. So I, I love building that tight connection and trust with, with the director as well. And I've been very lucky to have nothing but great directors. Um, if someone asked me, who's your favorite director? Oh, they're all awesome. They've all, I've been, I feel I'm a very positive person, but like, um, they're all awesome. So yeah, I love that aspect of that team and building something together. And it's all a secret when you're building it, kind of. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe they know it's happening, but they don't know how it's happening. Right. And then you're excited to show it to people and hopefully it doesn't suck. And yeah. <laughs> if it sucks, well, we'll come hold from it, you know? <laughs> I know that feeling well. Yeah. It's great. So man, that's that's uh that's pretty incredible stories. Um and I'm I'm I'd like to know, um so tell me a little bit about how you got approached for for Hellraiser. How did that okay. how did that take place? Hellraiser, um, I mean, this was I hadn't been really I'd been approached about a couple of things that didn't go through, but I mean, when this came through, it had been about a year and a half since I'd done anything. You know, this was, you know, COVID had hit. Last thing I worked on was at the end of 2019. And then, you know, COVID had hit, obviously. And um, we go a whole year and there were a couple things kind of close, but didn't happen. And um, and then had, a, had, had had one or two big things actually before, right before a um, couple big things that right before Hellraiser that, that fell through. And I was just like, yeah. No, I was so close. Like it was, oh no. And then Hellraiser came, you know, it, it, it came up as an audition through a manager because uh, the, the, his assistant at the time saw it and was like, dude, Jason. Uh, and it was called The Box. And the character was the, was Clacker. And I had no idea what it was, but I read the description and I was like, what the crap is this? <laughs> this sounds weird. Um, sounds like I'm perfect for it based on what they're looking for. Like the description of this character, like, and they're looking for experience in this build. Oh my gosh. Like, and I tried to figure out, cause I like I like to a lot of times find out, well, I wonder, I wonder who the makeup artists are working on this. I wonder, so I, I text a couple people and, and one, one person at a shop was like, oh, we actually had to pass on that because we were so busy, but you know what that is, right? I was like, no, they're like, it's Hellraiser. I was like, oh, I'd never seen Hellraiser at the time. I'm like, oh really? Oh dang, that's cool. So like 30 years of, I mean, they, you know, they, they haven't been the biggest budget things the last few from what I understand, but, but from what I understood, this was going to be bigger budget than all of them combined. And, and I was like, like, wow, this they're really doing it this time. This is this sounds awesome. And David S. Goyer is producing, and you've got you know great director and David Bruckner, man. Okay, awesome. And so I, I just got the scenes and I worked with um with a couple of people that helped me help me with auditions. Um one guy named Lauren Salm, who's who's a I mean, he's a great actor and, and coach, but he, he he's he's a specialist at mime and movement and and so I was like, dude, no dialogue. Yeah, they helped me figure out this character. Um, and we just talked about where this character came from, and I just felt like after like an hour and a half, I get this guy. 
I totally, he's not a weird guy who just goes around and chatters his teeth. No, no, no. I get why he is and who he is. I get this dude. Okay. Now, now we just need him. We, we came up with just one of the most interesting moments and movements and way we can communicate this character. And, um, and, and, and I just, and I, what I like to do is I like to get um, get my laptop and, and position it and give myself space and just record it and watch it. I'm going to fix that and that. Okay. Record it and watch it and just over and over until it's just, until it's like tying my shoes and I don't, I don't think about it. And it's just so, it's just in me and I can just be freaking focused in on it. And I went in and I taped it. I felt so great about it. I was just, and I came out of there like, oh, like I crushed that. <laughs> I don't get that. Who the crap got that? Um, <laughs> it looked so good. Sometimes you feel good and you watch the tape. And you're like, how I felt doesn't come through. Dang it. I need to do another take. I need to, you know, and I sent it in and, and then manager a few days later said, you're pinned, which means it's you or one or two other dudes. And then, and then he called me with my agent on the phone and said, you got an offer. And I was like, oh, yeah, I freaked out. And I was, I, I'd just seen a friend and I drove home and I played music loud. And I was like, yeah, I was screaming. I was so excited. I was like, dude, I get to go to Serbia for three months. And this, yes. Oh my gosh. This, this freaking awesome character. And then I read the script and I'm only in it for like five minutes. Like <laughs> what? I thought mean, he's like a big character. And like, I mean, I guess he is, but like yeah. I'm on like three pages out of the whole script. <laughs> like, like, it's just like, and he He's there and he's gone. That's it. Okay. But, but the scenes were so cool. He's the first, he's actually the first one. Um, I think he's the first uh, in the film. I know I was the first Cinebite on set. I think he's the first one you see. No, no, no. It's after. It's after. It's after the whole in bed. And she freaks out and sees me standing there watching. Um, but I just, I, I was so stoked to get that opportunity. And um, and they had actually only ended up needing me for five weeks uh, out of the ten. Um, I still got paid for the whole thing, which is great. But they're like, well, we always need you for three weeks. Then we don't. So if you want to go home, yeah, sure. And then we need you for a couple more weeks and getting to explore Serbia. They're just the experience of going to Serbia, going to Europe. That's the furthest I've ever been away from home. I got flown and put up. That's the dream. You're in Europe and doing this. And, and ev nobody knew anybody in Belgrade, Serbia. So everybody was away from home together. So it was really a mm. tight-knit group. Yeah. 12-person text of who wants to go to the park tomorrow? Who wants to get, get dinner tonight? I'll make reservations. So really tight. Hang out in each, each other's hotel rooms, having tea at night till it was way too late. And like it created that we're away at camp feeling that was very special. Yeah. And it had been a year and a half since really a lot of people had worked on anything. So like we were super grateful for this opportunity when the large percentage of the industry was not working. Um, so we were very grateful. Nobody took that for granted and everyone worked their freaking butts off and um, filming actually the exact same time that the Knives Out sequel was filming, uh, mm -hmm. Glass Onion. And a lot of them were staying in the hotel room, saw Dave Batista a couple times. And oh. um, and then like there's a spa and someone said uh, like they were in the hot tub and Edward Norton came down and, and hung out in the hot tub. And I was like, I'm in the spa every day and he didn't come down there what <laughs> down there? i wanted to be in the hot tub and hang out with edward norton are you kidding me dang it um but there are actually a lot of things filming there so like i bump into somebody in the sauna and they're there filming an episode of whatever i'm like that's so cool and we're, we can't see each other but we're talking about whatever we're working on in the in the steam room and it was just a great experience it was a great experience and extremely challenging wearing that dude and um but so much fun really helped me go into like another place entirely um and had the best crew, the best crew on that, um, in, from top to bottom. Yeah, that was a very special experience. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine, Ken, worked on uh, this. You know, Ken. I know Ken. Yeah, Ken. <laughs> Ken's good friend. He 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 helped save he helped save me one night. Yeah, he he's he's artist. love him, love him. Yeah, he was awesome. What was your first reactions and thoughts to seeing yourself in the full Chatterer makeup? The first thought was, "What's going on below the waist?" <laughs> Because if you if, yeah. if you pause, there's there's something going on down there. Yeah. Um. 
And so I was like, I mean, I'm a, I'm not going to say no, we're going to do it. But yeah, he's kind of naked and he's got an alteration down there. That's interesting. These Cenobites uh, go more skin, less leather clad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's had like a surgery down there or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first time I got on a Zoom with David, with director David Bruckner, he showed me concept art. I was just like, oh, that looks like something Doug Jones would be in a Guillermo del Toro movie. Oh my gosh, I need, oh, this is going to be so awesome. Um, but the first time I got it on, I, it was in, it was like a hundred degrees in the summer here in LA before we went over there. And it was in a, it was in an unair conditioned, um, shop Oof. and um profusely sweating profusely and and i know well, it won't be this hot over there it was the first day on set um and uh you know you get a head on for the first time in a while this weird claustrophobia comes over and you're just like you've been here before breathe through it you'll get used to it i don't like this why did i say yes um you, know, you start <laughs> oh my gosh you know because your eyesight is like through that oh, that's yeah. that's what you can see and it oh let's open it up for you there you go and like and you're just you're just you know and then you get the 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 fiberglass helmet on with the with the chattering teeth and animatronic and you feel like you got a, your head in a bucket with a typewriter you can't hear anything and um someone has to tap you on the leg for action because you can't hear him say action but um the fitting was like man okay that's probably wor the worst that it could possibly be just being in that for a couple hours profusely sweating whew, that was warm so i silicone uh yeah silicone rubber yeah i think so yeah um head to toe head to toe. and um it's bad in foam latex, but silicone's like 10 times worse. It was sweaty, you know, several people, I think a couple times even can just completely lubing up my body and because and, you got to slide into the legs and the torso. There's no zipper for the torso or anything. So we had to slide into it. It was tight. So it was like, it took some energy getting that thing on. And then once I'm in, there's no bathroom option. Yeah. And I'm just in. There's no 10-1 option, no 10-2 option. So um, just hold it one day for like seven hours straight. And I was, and I had to go after like six hours, like like one hour in. So I'm sitting there being like, your mind starts playing like, is it healthy to hold it this long? And you're like, well, I hold it this long when I sleep, so I'm sure I'll be fine. And I'll drink water later. I'll be fine. Uh, and um grueling. But yeah. <laughs> First time I got it on, that was that was the thought. Like, well, there that is. That's interesting. That's just out there. Um <laughs> wonder what my parents will think of this. And uh <laughs> but you never really see it in the in the film. Um, but uh <laughs> they kind of crop that out. But but uh, and just and just how beautiful it looked and, and and just and how hot it was. And just okay, I just gotta breathe through because that's that's half most of the job when you're in there breathing through it when they say action you forget about all mm -hmm. and then when they say cut you're sitting there waiting you know 90 to 95 percent of the time you're just sitting in this thing and you can't see and you can't hear and you can't breathe and you got to pee and waiting and you're just and you're just you're just telling yourself everything's fine because you get really weird in your head and, and you try and find someone and you're like who's that who's that oh i love you so much you're so awesome thank you for being so awesome and like you have to be out of your fingers um and you're gonna get you're gonna have a panic attack but right but it was a great experience great experience earlier you said whenever you found out that it was a Hellraiser project that you really weren't familiar with the franchise prior to that. Uh, did you go back and watch yeah. the first two films? Uh, I did. I, did. I, um, I remember if it was to audition or if it was uh, once I had it or or what. I don't I don't remember the timing of everything. Um, yeah, I definitely at some point before I got the role, I had watched one and two and um, mm. and just saw how great they were. And uh, and I because I, I just kind of had my own idea of Chatter. I pulled from and I watched clips of, of Chatter instant and just saw 
everything I could, but then watching yeah. the film from beginning to end, I think I watched the first film before the audition, and then a second one after. It's kind of weird to hear. Um, and um, but yeah, I mean they're obviously just so great. The second one takes it to such a scale, um, which yeah. is oh, I love how how ours kind of borrowed from both of those, but made it their own as well. Um, they're just so great. I mean they're classics. They're just classics. I really hope that we get to make another one too and dive more into what else is going on in that labyrinth or whatever. You know, like what? Yeah. I, I, that's where I want to go. I want to go in the labyrinth and find out what is in there. What's in that? Like it looks empty, but there's crap in there, right? Um, it, it looks like the place of nightmares. I feel like I've had a nightmare in some stone dark place like that before, where something is chasing <laughs> me, and and I want to just explore there more. Yeah. So as we wind things down here, uh, I have to mention: Are you a Trekkie? I I have only seen so much Trek, um, but I did get to be in Star Trek Picard, actually. Yes. Um, and I was going to be a recurring character, and after the first episode, evidently they went over budget, and so they cut some characters, and I was oh no, yeah, um, I was on set with Patrick Stewart and everything, and working with some great makeup artists who I loved, and they basically were who got me on. I didn't even audition for it; they just it was just a straight up offer because they vouched for me, which was so awesome. Vincent Van Dyke and others, um, really cool character, and never even got on screen. Was just kind of hung out the first day, and <laughs> and then and then found out, yeah. So I was like, no. Oh, what's interesting? I worked on the first episode, but I'm credited in the second one. But I was never on screen anywhere. So like, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, this is weird. This is altogether weird. I still get little residuals. It's, it's, it's very little. But every three months, like, up oh, there's another, you know, hundred bucks from yay, awesome, cool. We can go get some dinner. Oh, but yeah. but it's it's it just to be a part of it's cool. And um, James McKinnon asked me to come back to play. There's either that character or another character. But I was out of town doing Hellraiser. Oh. I was like, bro, dude, I want to so bad. James McKinnon's awesome. Um, and then he, he asked me to do something else last fall, and I was out of town as well. I was like, dang it, man. Like, I promise you, I want to work with you. Like, you're awesome, but um, yeah. It's hard yeah. to turn down work, right? <laughs> it is, yeah. You just, you don't know where the next thing is. And so you gotta, unless it sucks, you kind of got to be in that position of like, is it any, is it something? Is it a project I'd like to be in? Is it a role I'd like to do? Mainly what I look at is, are there people involved who I want to work with and, and become friends? That's the biggest thing. It's not what you're doing, it's who you're doing it with. And so if there's something with people working on it where I want to do it, I'm in. But then inevitably one or two other things pops up and you're like, it's those dates? Are you serious? Yeah. It's that exact weekend? Are you serious? That's the only, those are the three days, the whole next few months I can't do. Yeah. Well, good luck. I can't wait to see it. You know, that's just how it works out. Yeah. Sometimes it's that way. Any final thoughts or questions for him, Nick? Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, other than, um, you know, I have some projects I'd love to have you on, but uh, that's another conversation. Talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed having you here. I really appreciate well, thank you. taking the time to come on in your busy schedule. I know that you have a, a thing you need to get to tonight, so... Uh, we will let you go, but I would love to have you back another time to talk about some more of this stuff. I would, I would love to. I mean, it feels like we just started five minutes ago, and just it's just it's really weird to be like, wait, but what? Is it we're done? Um, I would love to. I would love to. And 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 if for anybody anybody who's listening who wants to be an actor or wants to do any of this, please know that you can freaking do it. Please know that if you knew if you knew me and if you knew my story, if you saw how panic attacky I was and anxiety, I couldn't even go to school in middle school or high school some days because I was so worried in my head that I couldn't go to college because I had a, two weeks of a panic attack every night and I had to go home and like the idea that I get, I've gotten to do any of this stuff like I've talked to some of my friends from high school and they lovingly agree like yeah we never thought you were going to do anything like that are you kidding me it's like I didn't either but if you if you have like a dream or a vision of where you want to go and you and you figure out from people who know what they're talking about people who have been there people who have the results right 
Um, they're kind of like GPS. They know how to get from where you are to where you want to go. And if you listen to them and you start taking directions in the right, or taking steps in the right direction, and you're willing to fail and you're willing to look stupid because you're going to have to, you're going to have to miss in order to make it, in order to make some shots. Um, and you just, you just get better and you get better and you get better and you get better and you get better. Just 1%. Eventually you're going to be good enough to fit something. And if you're a good person, because nobody wants to work with a jerk who complains and who's unaccountable. But if you're a good person and you, and you're nice and you have good energy and you and you're grateful great gratitude is huge in so many ways eventually somebody's going to have something come up where you're the best choice and they like you so they'd like to have you on there and so it's just if anyone says you can't do it they're freaking wrong look at all the people who have done it there's room for everybody 98 percent of actors don't make enough to live off of just from acting <laughs> so so you, but they have work but they still have other money coming in from other places but um anybody listening they can they can totally do it it just takes enough time time. It's not magic. If you get around people who have the results that that's what I did. I moved out to LA because I knew all the makeup artists were out here and Doug Jones became a mentor of mine. And, and I got advice from people like Doug Tate and Brian Steele and all these other, I just reached out and said, Hey, I'm trying, can, can you, I'm, any advice? There are very, people are, oh, Doug Tate's so great. He was, he was on Star Trek Picard as well. Sasquatch. Love Doug Jones. Amazing people. And you're, you're absolutely right. It's if you surround it. yourself, if you're surrounding yourself with 100%. the positive influence and the people that know the business and will help you. A hundred percent. And then you just have to do the freaking work. You know, if, if you have a gym, gym card and, and you have a personal trainer, nutritionist, you still have to do it, yeah. you know? And so if you put in the work and you have a great attitude and you just keep your dream in front of you and just, just like, honestly, if somebody doesn't believe in where you're going, you cut ties, you got to cut ties with them. Like you just, yes. if you want to go to Goat Mountain, greatest of all time mountain, and somebody doesn't believe in you, dude, Kobe Bryant didn't have time for those people. And so it's just, you got to get around the people who believe in where you're going. And if you get around one person who's achieved what you've achieved, the advice I've gotten from Doug Jones that has helped so much. I could talk for hours about that. That sweet, sweet man who is just, who believed in me kind of before I believed in myself. Then eventually you believe in yourself and eventually you have the confidence and eventually you, you start to book one thing and the second thing and a third thing. And you're like, how did this happen? So you can freaking do it. Just, just get around people who know, who have what you want, do what they did and you'll have what they have. Yeah, absolutely. So well, where can we find, where can we find you on the yeah. web? You can find me sometimes on Instagram. Uh, if there's something cool to post about, otherwise you're probably like, I posted more in a couple of weeks when Hellraiser came out than I did for like the year and a half before that. Because <laughs> um, I couldn't talk about Hellraiser. And so I was just, I just, I'm not on there much. But I, I love using that for messaging and whatnot. But um, Instagram, I'm official now. I'm officially me. The Jason Lyles. T-H-E-J-A-S-O-N-L-I-L-E-S. Because Jason Lyles is taken. So I am the yeah Jason Riles. <laughs> all, all one word no underscores or anything like that um you'll find me on there uh probably think I, I don't even know what the picture is I think it's me and my wife um but yeah say hey on there I check I check through messages every now and then like I'm just not on there too much but that's the place where you can find me. I'm on Twitter but I'm not on does I can vouch for that <laughs> well yeah yeah I check I check that's how we got connected so um yeah. but if you're trying to like help me like get followers or something I don't care about that so that's not gonna go you know you gotta <laughs> but if you say hi or have a question I'll probably respond um because not that many people actually reach out to me on there, but but yeah, Instagram the Jason Lyles. Well, thank you. Amazing time. Yes, TJ. I've had an amazing time talking to you, and I'm sure TJ will echo that. Um, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, seriously, it's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Um, it went by way too fast. Um, <laughs> 
it's we started two minutes ago how's it over but uh but yeah if there's anything i can ever do to help please let me know i'd love to chat again you know hopefully obviously if something cool happens this year then i can I'll have something cool to talk about definitely hopefully uh you get a chance to return to star trek one day uh <laughs> hopefully absolutely well thank you guys for joining us in another episode of hypodermic jason it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and thank you for the words of wisdom at the end there i hope everybody listening takes that and listens and runs with it as far as they can until next time this has been tj bowser signing off